2: Welcome to Hemp Present, the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it—you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition, one interview at a time, and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I am Vivian McPeak. I'm the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle HempFest, in its 25th year, found at HempFest.org. I'm also the author of the book, "Protestful: a 20-year retrospective of Seattle HempFest from AHA Publishing also found at hempfest.org. Transmitting from inside a counterculture stronghold perched precariously within an undisclosed enclave located somewhere within the Soviet of Seattle. My goal is ex- to expose the dark moral crevasses of prohibition to the living light of toker truth. My guest today on Hemp Present is Megan Holt, the mother of medical marijuana patient young Madeline Holt. Megan will be joining me in under a minute. If you listen to this show regularly, you know that I am a special interested in speaking with medical cannabis patients and the parents of children who have conditions that benefit from the medical application of cannabis. Pop Prohibition is supposed to be protecting Americans from the dangers of the cannabis plant. What's actually happening is that the government's causing needless pain and suffering for millions of Americans who could benefit greatly from cannabis and who are instead helplessly relying on the pharmaceutical industry which offers an array of potentially deadly and addictive, cost-prohibitive chemically-derived treatment which may or may not be the most effective, least harmful substances that could be used to mitigate the effects of various medical conditions. Prohibition is not fixing any problems because the problem is prohibition itself. In fact, the entire history of prohibition is a story of one wrong fix after another for non-existent problems, and sadly, in that regard, the beat goes on. On July 1st, 2016, Washington State's medical marijuana dispensaries and collectives were officially shuttered, leaving only recreational stores licensed by the state with which to serve patients. The sinisterly named Cannabis Patient Protection Act, SB 5052, was created by a state legislature that's essentially clueless about cannabis, and the effect has been to chase many patients and parents of cannabis patients out of our state to seek their medicine and or to create great hardship for those patients who remain. Madeline Holt is three and a half years old and has a terminal genetic disorder that results in frequent seizures. On April 10, 2015, Maddie's mother, Megan, was told by doctors to take her child home for one more night before she died, as the doctors had run out of options for her daughter. But Maddie's mother, Megan, had not yet run out of options. She had one option left to try, one that has kept little Maddie alive all this time. After applying cannabis on a daily basis, Megan reports that Maddie is not only still with us, but her seizures have become less frequent. While her mother still gives Maddie conventional drugs to manage her seizures, cannabis is now an essential daily part of the child's medical regimen. Maddie takes a minimum dose of 90 milligrams of CBD oil and 40 milligrams of THC oil to treat neuropathic pain, muscle spasms, and her seizures. Her mother, Megan, is convinced that without her daily dose of cannabis oil... Maddie might very well still not be alive. Megan Holt has joined me today from Children's Hospital in the Hampersent Virtual Studio. Welcome, Megan, to Cannabis Radio.
3: Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on the radio and get to share Maddie's story of healing. Now, Megan,
2: before you used cannabis oil to treat Maddie's seizures, had you any personal experience with the herb yourself?
3: Um, I had, yeah. Um, I had used it in the past. Um, actually when I was pregnant, um, previously I had used it for dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, from actually losing a child, um, with the same disease. He lived for one day and I had two more stillborns. So when I became pregnant with Maddie, it was very difficult for me emotionally to deal with that. Um, and little did I know I would be providing added health benefit. Um, Maddie was also actually born twelve weeks early. And had no problems related to being born so early. So I now wonder if my cannabis use in pregnancy actually helped benefit Madeline. Um, But I really was uneducated on its true medical properties until Maddie got really sick and I started reading for myself, um, you know, what what's going on with this medical side of cannabis.
2: So Maddie suffers from Zellweger syndrome, which there is no cure for, nor is there an accepted standard course of treatment as the disease forms during the fetal stage of development. How did you know to try cannabis, and what was the process like?
3: Um, I didn't have any indication to try cannabis. Um, for us, it truly was just one last hope. You know, I had already lost three children, and Having someone tell me that my child's going to die and there's nothing you can do about it was really hard for me to accept. So, you know, for me, it was a really quick Google search and cannabis popped right up for epilepsy. And, you know, the fight to getting it was ridiculous. I got really, really lucky and just got connected with some really good people um, because Zelliger syndrome is extremely rare. So, once I was interested in cannabis, um, I was introduced to people who, like Dr. Michelle Sexton, Sue Neal, who is another um, doctor in the cannabis world, but yes, he is very educated, Um, and then also Kat Jeter, who is a medicine maker who donates medicine to sick children, quality medicine. So, I got really lucky and was shown the compassionate side of the community from the beginning, and so, for me, you know, it was really hard when I started reading about, you know, well, what, what's my protection and giving her this and why is the hospital so against it and what's really going on. And I found out 5052 is happening and, you know, she got sick in April of 2015 and 5052 was passed just a couple months later. So we were really thrown under the bus. Um, you know, and then last year we really tried, I testified on, um, uh, what was it? 6156, 5156, the house bill um, for home grow and sharing. And even that didn't pass. And, you know, for me, that's really sad as a parent to go there and tell my story and tell how my child has no more options. You know, from the point of diagnosis with Zellweger syndrome, most of these children, over 99%, 99% of the babies do not live past their first year of life. That's not acceptable. And so for me to find this treatment, a plant that's natural and it works and someone to tell me, oh, no, that's illegal. You can't do that. As a mother, I'm not going to put my child's life at risk by taking it away. So,
2: so Megan, effectively, you're told your daughter has Mm -hmm. a terminal illness. There's no course of treatment for it. And you, in effect, identified and developed the course of treatment for your own daughter and perhaps saving her life.
3: Yes definitely. And, you know, you know, you're doing something good when the modern medical community is saying, we wish we had more parents like you keep doing what you're doing. She's amazing. This is incredible. When you're changing the minds of doctors because they're literally watching, they have no other choice. They have watched this kid go from spending 200 days in the hospital in 2015 to being in the hospital, maybe 15 days. In 2016,
2: that's so what, incredible. what do Maddie's doctors you know, say? Do Maddie's doctors know that you're administering cannabis oil to her daily? And what do they yes. say?
3: They are totally okay with it. They stand behind me one hundred percent. And that's something that I did very differently than most cannabis parents is I wasn't gonna hide. I don't hide. I'm very open, I'm very honest. I educate every person that comes into contact with Maddie about her cannabis use. I treat it like every other medicine. And I think because I have shown them, you know, this is how my child uses it. This is how it works. And I've been so open. I think that's why I've never been in trouble. In fact, I've had my social workers are behind me 100%. Um, I've, you know, never had CPS involvement. I've never had anyone question that what I was doing was wrong for her. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, because they've seen that this is the only thing that works and honestly they failed her. You know, if I really wanted to pick apart her medical history and start going after lawsuit after lawsuit, I could, but I choose to be positive and instead re-educate the medical community on why we can't wait. Kids like my daughter are dying, Every single day. And it breaks my heart to try to help these poor children get medicine. And, you know, I've had two children with Zulliger syndromes, their parents reached out to me for them to get meds, they were in other states, one in another country, and the babies died within hours of going to get their authorization within hours sure. of being admitted into a hospital, so, so Megan, the average person might ask,
2: why can't you just go into a recreational pot store and purchase some pot oil for Maddie? But she requires a special high dose of cannabis oil preparation called FECO, right? What is FICO, and why can't yes. you just go and get it out at of a, at, a, at a rec store?
3: Right. So FICO is full extract cannabis oil. You use a very high alcohol content, like an Everclear alcohol, over 100 proof alcohol um, to pull out the medicinal properties of the plant Um, and so for Maddie when you do that process you have to be very careful and it has to be very clean and the plants have to be very clean and when I say clean I mean zero pesticides so Washington allows 300 so there's problem number one (laughs) with the store they already allow pesticides and two they do not sell a full extract oil. Um, The state has been promising they would start carrying even an RSO. And I have yet to even find a Rick Simpson oil, which is similar. It uses a grain alcohol um, instead of like an Everclear. Um, But they, I have yet to see even those in the stores and, you know, it's, it's really sad to me that they made all these promises to patients and none of them are true and there are no products for patients. And when people are reaching out to me and saying, do you know of safe places to go? I say, no, we are relying on the community to donate medicine to us, which, which is, is putting it, which them at course, risk as well, which, which is illegal, right? Yes. And it's you against know, the law Washington in state. state. Yes. Yes, Washington State says it's wrong, but when I have people that so first,
2: are... first they make a law that makes it really, really hard for you to find your medicine, and then they make a, the same mm-hmm. law says it's illegal to give somebody any of this medicine. It's like they're trying to kill right. your, and
3: that's, your kid. Yes, and that's the part that really frustrates me and, you know, why I decided to kind of go on this mission of positive change and decide, no, I'm not going to leave where I choose to live. Yes, I am going to accept donations of a life-saving medicine because I couldn't afford it without the community behind me. And that's what's also so unique about my daughter is 100%, 100%, even her topicals have been donated by the community. By these people that they say are bad and doing bad things, when all I've seen is compassion and love and people saying, I don't care what the government says. I'm going to help you save your child.
2: Wow, that's that's too much. I am speaking with Megan Holt, mother of medical marijuana patient, Madeline Holt. We are going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back for our second Episode installment of this episode about Maddie Holt. Time to roll out for the people that let us
1: present. Hang loose, we're coming right back.
4: While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIAC The Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and in technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannivation and Canatech Awards. Register before November 22nd for $200 savings at c 2 saleshowcom Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sales Show, January 31st and February 1st. seed or 888-409-4418.
0: We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio.
1: To hemp presents only on cannabis radio now back to our headstrong emperor of hemp
2: Vivian mcpeak and we are back on hemp present on cannabis radio with Megan Holt Megan how about the state how's the state treating you I assume you might be on some form of state program or something how are they reacting
3: um the state has said nothing to me um you know we are obviously on state assistance and we have yet to have anything happen to us. Um, so I kind of am just waiting and, you know, watching and waiting. Um, I can hope that with the support that we have from our social workers and state workers and stuff like that, um, that they might even be protecting me and I don't know it. Um, but I, I do retain an attorney just in case. Um, and I can kind of just on guard, you know, um, we also have another, we have a two-year-old in our house. So we're very safe with Madeline's medicine anyway, in case something ever happened. But, you know, the state really has, I don't know that they've overlooked us. I don't see how they could not. If they don't watch the news, then maybe, but um, I'm pretty loud at this point. So I feel like with parents like us and families like ours, they know that if they tried to come after us, I would open my mouth and say something Um because it's just not right.
2: So I'm assuming that you have heard from a lot of other parents and or patients struggling with the same kind of situation that may not feel as uh, open to outing themselves. Have you heard from a lot of other parents cheering you on?
3: I have. I have, yes. I have hundreds, hundreds of people, patients all over all ages, all over the state, Um, that private message me and say, you know, I'm on these programs, and I have this going on in my life, and it's just me, Um, or the ones that get me, the heartfelt ones that really get me are single mothers treating their children, and they, you know, don't have support of a spouse, and so if something were to happen, their children really do rely on just them, and so that really, that's what keeps me going, you know, that's why I do it. Um, We need more people to speak up, but we really need just more positive people to speak of, more people that aren't going to yell and scream at these legislatures that are just going to be real with them and say, look, she's a human being and she deserves to access her medicine just like everybody else. And no one should be able to argue that. Megan,
2: what advice would you have for other parents of children who might benefit medically from cannabis? Are there any organizations they can reach out to for support?
3: Yeah, um, you know, a great resource that I started with was ProjectCBD.org. They have the best compilation and easiest to access um, database of what little um, research or scientific um, journals have been published about cannabis. Um, So especially when you're talking to your doctors, you know, that can be very helpful. And that's the other thing is talk to your doctors about it, regardless of what you think they're going to say. It never hurts to start that conversation. And honestly, for us, when we started that conversation, it was, we can't talk about it here. You're going to have to go see a naturopath. And that was it. So, you know, just starting that conversation. And then once you do decide to put your child on cannabis, Talk to them about it at every single appointment. Get them to put it on their medication list because... Right now, the only data that we have is patients reporting to their doctors. So if we have enough patients flood the system with positive feedback about cannabis, we can create our own natural history studies just based off of people's medical history. Um, And that's something else I did with Maddie too, was I? it is all over her medical records that we use cannabis um, and that she uses it for many things.
2: So an unintended positive consequence of prohibition might be that doctors are sending people to naturopaths. (laughs) Who would have thunk? (laughs) Right,
3: Um, exactly.
2: Tell us about Project PC, which is having a heat in the streets clothing drive for homelessness as well as other things coming up in 2017. What's Project PC?
3: So Project PC um, stands for Positive Change, and we are a local nonprofit that creates positive media and educational materials. We're very new. We just formed actually in February of this year um and I am the director of the patients branch and so the mission of the patients branch is to provide outreach and support to patients and help them access other good organizations um and other resources in the area i myself um My mission personally with the patients branch is to continue to educate people around the country and the medical community on why we need change, presenting Maddie's case, and really just sharing about how I learned to advocate for her. Um, We actually have our first book coming out specifically for, um, pediatric parents of patients, um, of children who are medically complex. And it is not a cannabis specific book. It is just how to advocate for your medically complex child. How do you speak up to them? How do you talk to your doctors? Um, and that book you know, is kind of a launching point of things to come. Um, we're going to have workshops and lectures and seminars to help educate patients and parents on not just cannabis, but natural healing and how you take control of your health care again. Um, and then our Heat the Streets clothing drive is a unique clothing drive because we are not only collecting cold weather items for the homeless, but we will actually be going and delivering them on the streets of Washington state, traveling to as many cities, as we can get to walking around major areas like Westlake Center in front of missions and just handing things out and connecting with people because human interaction is something that the homeless lack so much of um, and good human interaction. So we want to really connect with these people and show them that we care. You know, we're not just collecting this stuff for you. We care about you as a person. Um, So Project PC, you know, we have several branches. We have human rights, environmental spiritual, health, um, and all of these areas are looking at creating positive change in our world because we really need it. As human beings, we are so divided in all aspects. It's really time that we come together and, you know, work together as a community again, because we're all human. We all need love and kindness and compassion and positivity in our life.
2: Uh, Wow. I mean, that's so profound. And of course, many people are homeless directly because or indirectly because of a medical condition uh, to begin with, right?
3: Right. And, you know, especially my family, we even were technically homeless in the throes of, you know, being victims of prohibition. When Maddie got really sick, it was over an eight week period and my husband had to leave his job. And so, you know, we quickly started relying on state assistance to help us and, you know, being a needy family ourselves. And we were actually adopted by another wonderful cannabis organization called Parents for Pot last year for Christmas. Um, and without that, we wouldn't have been able to have provided our children with gifts. And so when I saw that compassion, you know, and it just, goes to along with the empowerment I've received from the community to really give back to people and to really, you know, I'm so humbled by my experience with the cannabis community and, you know, you Vivian Hempfest was the first event I spoke at and really gave me this beautiful platform to share her story and to see that my voice made a difference and it wasn't just one person. It was hundreds of people that wanted to hear what I had to say and I really think that that you know, giving back to people and being community and volunteering your time, it it makes you just feel good, you know.
2: Well, that's what it's all about. My guest is Megan Holt. We are going to take another quick pause. here, word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back for our final questions with medical marijuana mother Megan Holt. Time to
1: roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
0: Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... Healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally.
2: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Lama out. Got to tend to me on crap channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
4: Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. I <laughs> Cannabisradio.com.
1: We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now back to our headstrong Emperor of Hemp, Vivian McPeak.
2: We're back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio for our final questions for Megan Holt, mother of medical cannabis patient Little Maddie Holt. Megan, you are an amazing, inspirational person and mother. It's a pleasure to know you. From where do you draw your strength? What? What? Where? Where have you gotten the drive to? take on this fight and just be so relentless?
3: Well, you know, for me, there are two big things. The first is the community people when I started speaking out um, and the people that just said, you know, you need to tell people about this. Um, So the community really has uplifted me um, and kind of helped raise my voice. But it truly was. Um, just a light bulb went on. You know, I was sitting in a hospital every single day waiting for the next seizure and watching my kid get pumped on for over an hour getting CPR because she coded every single day for two weeks. And then I give her a plant and she starts signing mama and she breathes through a seizure and then the seizure only lasts five minutes and then she goes a week without one. How could I not tell the world about that when I know that there are other little children, babies, that are dying from this disease and other illnesses every single day? And, you know, when Maddie started going through opiate withdrawal because she was on dilaudid and methadone and haloperidol and OxyContin. And I watched my baby go through drug withdrawal. And then I started looking up drug withdrawal and saw this huge epidemic that our country is having and really realized how bad it really is and that there could be help for these people. But our government is being greedy and choosing money over people. It was a no brainer. I had to speak up. I had to tell people about it because I have no other choice. I'm out of options. This is it. Cannabis is it for us. And I want other people to not have to fight like we did.
2: Well, you know, it's an inspiration to uh, meet all of the people that I've uh, met online here talking on my show. I, it's, it's a great uh, side benefit for me to meet so many amazing warriors and uh, soldiers of the spirit willing to fight for what's right. Uh, and in your case and many other cases, fighting for your own life and your children's lives uh, it's really an inspiration to know people like you. Uh, thank you for so much for being on the show, Megan. You rock. Oh,
3: thank you, Vivian. It was my pleasure.
2: Well, you take care, and uh, we'll see you at HempFest or sooner.
3: All right. We will see you at HempFest for sure or sooner.
2: Okay, hempy trails. Now I want to get to a weekly feature on Hempresent on CannabisRadio.com, and that's the quote of the week, and here it is. It could potentially help people who really need it. And it's not being offered. That is neurosurgeon, medical professor, and Emmy Award winning chief medical correspondent for CNN, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. That concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my man in the control room, Brasco, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and producers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special sapien on a journey to justice because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and talk it easy. And don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out
4: The opinions expressed on this cannabisradio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of cannabisradio.com.